Chapter Six of Wild Wales. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Steve Goff. Wild Wales by George Borrow. Chapter Six. The northern side of the Vale of Llangollen is formed by certain enormous rocks, called the Egloisig rocks, which extend from east to west, a distance of about two miles. The southern side is formed by the Berwyn Hills. The valley is intersected by the River Dee, the origin of which is a deep lake near Bala, about twenty miles to the west. Between the Dee and the Egloisig rises a lofty hill, on the top of which are the ruins of the Dinas Bran which bear no slight resemblance to a crown. The upper part of the hill is bare, with the exception of what is covered by the ruins. On the lower part there are enclosures and trees, with, here and there, a grove or farmhouse. On the other side of the valley, to the east of Llangollen, is a hill called Penacoid, beautifully covered with trees of various kinds. It stands between the river and the Berwyn, even as the hill of Dinas Bran stands between the river and the Egloisig rocks. It does not, however, confront Dinas Bran, which stands more to the west. Llangollen is a small town or large village of white houses with slate roofs. It contains about two thousand inhabitants, and is situated principally on the south side of the Dee. At its western end it has an ancient bridge, and a modest, unpretending church, nearly in its centre, in the chancel of which rest the mortal remains of an old bard called Griffith Hiraithog. From some of the houses on the southern side there is a noble view, Dinas Brown and its mighty hill forming the principal objects. The view from the northern part of the town, which is indeed little more than a suburb, is not quite so grand but is nevertheless highly interesting. The eastern entrance of the Vale of Llangollen is much wider than the western, which is overhung by bulky hills. There are many pleasant villas on both sides of the river, some of which stand a considerable way up the hill. Of the villas of the most noted is Plas Newith, at the foot of the Berwyn, built by two Irish ladies of high rank, who resided in it for nearly half a century, and were celebrated throughout Europe by the name of the Ladies of Llangollen. The view of the hill of Dinas Bran from the southern side of Llangollen would be much more complete were it not for a bulky excrescence towards its base, which prevents the gazer from obtaining a complete view. The name of Llangollen signifies the Church of Cotlin, and the Vale and Village take their name from the Church which was originally dedicated to St. Cotlin, though some, especially the neighbouring peasantry, suppose that Llangollen is a compound of Llan, a church, and Cotlin, a hazelwood, and that the church was called the Church of the Hazelwood, from the number of hazels in the neighbourhood. Cotlin, according to a legendary life which exists of him in Welsh, was a Briton by birth, and of illustrious ancestry, he served for some time abroad as a soldier against Julian the Apostate, and slew a pagan champion 
who challenged the best man amongst the Christians. Returning to his own country, he devoted himself to religion and became abbot of Glastonbury, but subsequently retired to a cave on the side of a mountain where he lived a life of great austerity. Once, as he was lying in his cell, he heard two men out abroad discoursing about Wyn Ab Neath, and saying he was king of the Tilwith or Teg fairies, and lord of unknown, whereupon Cotlin, thrusting his head out of his cave, told them to hold their tongues, for that Wyn Ab Neath and his host were merely devils. At dead of night he heard a knocking at the door, and on his asking who was there, a voice said, I am a messenger from Wyn Ab Nith, king of unknown, and I am come to summon thee to appear before my master to-morrow at midday on the top of the hill. Cotlin did not go. The next night there was the same knocking and the same message. Still Cotlin did not go. The third night the messenger came again and repeated his summons, adding that if he did not go it would be the worse for him. The next day Cotlin made some holy water, put it into a pitcher, and repaired to the top of the hill, where he saw a wonderfully fine castle, attendants in magnificent liveries, youths and damsels dancing with nimble feet, and a man of honourable presence before the gate, who told him that the king was expecting him to dinner. Cotlin followed the man into the castle, and beheld the king on a throne of gold, and a table magnificently spread before him. The king welcomed Cotlin, and begged him to taste of the dainties on the table, adding that he hoped that in future he would reside with him. "'I will not eat of the leaves of the forest,' said Cotlin. "'Did you ever see men better dressed?' said the king, "'than my attendants here in red and blue?' "'Their dress is good enough,' said Cotlin, "'considering what kind of dress it is.' "'What kind of dress is it?' said the king. Cotlin replied, The red on the one side denotes burning, and the blue on the other denotes freezing. Then drawing forth his sprinkler, he flung the holy water in the faces of the king and his people, whereupon the whole vision disappeared, so that there was neither castle, nor attendance, nor youth, nor damsel, nor musician with his music, nor banquet, nor anything to be seen save the green bushes. The valley of the Dee, of which Llangollen district forms part, is called in the British tongue Glyndyfrydwy, that is, the valley of the Dwy or Dee. The celebrated Welsh chieftain, generally known as Owen Glyndower, was surnamed after this valley, the whole of which belonged to him, and in which he had two or three places of strength, though his general abode was a castle in Sicharth, a valley to the south-east of the Berwyn and distant about twelve miles from Llangollen. Connected with the Dee there is a wonderful druidical legend to the following effect. The Dee springs from two fountains, high up in Merionethshire, called Dwy, Vaur, and Dwy Vach, for the great and little Dwy, whose waters pass through those of the Lake of Bala, without mingling with them, and come out at its northern extremity. These fountains had their names from two individuals, Dwy Vaur, and Duyvach, who escaped from the deluge, when all the rest of the human race were drowned, and the passing of the waters of the two fountains through the lake, without being confounded with its flood, is emblematic of the salvation of the two individuals from the deluge, of which the lake is a type. 
Dinas Bran, which crowns the top of the mighty hill on the northern side of the valley, is a ruined stronghold of unknown antiquity. The name is generally supposed to signify Crow Castle, Bran being the British word for crow, and flocks of crows being frequently seen hovering over it. It may, however, mean the castle of Bran or Brennus, or the castle above the Bran, a brook which flows at its foot. Dinas Bran was a place quite impregnable in the old time, and served as a retreat to Griffith, son of Madug, from the rage of his countrymen, which were incensed against him, because, having married Emma, the daughter of James Lord Audley, he had, at the instigation of his wife and father-in-law, sided with Edward I against his own native sovereign. But though it could shield him from his foes, it could not preserve him from the remorse and the stings of conscience, of which he speedily died. At present the place consists only of a few ruined walls, and probably consisted of little more two or three hundred years ago. Roger Cuffin, a Welsh bard, who flourished at the beginning of the seventeenth century, wrote an englin upon it, of which the following is a translation. Gone, gone are thy gates, Dinesbran on the height. Thy warders are blood-crows and ravens, I trow. Now no one will wend from the field of the fight to the fortress on high, save the raven and crow. End of chapter 6